Welcome to On The Block with Richard Stone. Richard is a 40-something construction company owner based in the UK. His passions are technology, business automation, customer experience, and helping other small business owners using his own valuable life and business experience. This podcast will be a mixture of solo spots, casual conversation, as well as inspirational key people of influence from their respective fields. Make yourself comfortable and enjoy listening. Here is your host, Richard Stone. So, the On The Block podcast, and today we've invited Melissa Birch from Empowered By Cloud to come along and talk about how she works with businesses providing remote accountancy and bookkeeping services. So welcome, Melissa. Hi, Richard. Good morning. So a little bit about what you who, who you work for and what you do then. Okay, so I work for Empowered by Cloud and I am a senior digital finance associate and um, I provide bookkeeping services to a portfolio of clients um, so that entails um, daily bookkeeping for some clients. Um, some clients, it's weekly. It's keeping on top of their purchases and their, their bank reconciliation in zero. And um, I do VAT returns, CIS returns, and um, I have started to do management accounts for some clients as well. Oh, so quite a varied, quite a varied role then. Yeah, very fast paced. And you do it, and that's completely remotely. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm based in uh, York, which is um, in Yorkshire, Ooh, and then Powered by Cloud are in Scotland. They are indeed. And I should just disclose that at this point, I do know Melissa because we actually work together as yeah. Empowered by Cloud provider, our accountancy, bookkeeping, management accounts, and virtual FD service. So we've got a complete package, which is where we met. So. And I have to say, I thoroughly enjoy working with you. I really do. The benefits are huge. Um, but for people that don't know you, let's ask you some questions to get a little bit into who you are and what makes Melissa. So what's your favourite food? My favourite food? Um, my most favourite food is spaghetti bolognese. Oh, wow. Cool. Homemade or, or have you got like a specific family recipe or is this in a restaurant? Homemade. Homemade. Yeah. Oh, come on then. I can't leave that alone. I'm, I'm murdered for a bit of food. What's in this recipe that's so great then? Come on. Well, when I'm cooking it for myself, it's a combination of lots of things. <laughs> Obviously, you've got your mince, you've got your um, tomatoes. And I also chuck loads of garlic in. Got to have lots of garlic. Um, I put um, sweet corn in mine. Um, wow. Sometimes cannellini beans. Um, I, I chuck a lot of different things in. Uh, to make it nice and chunky mm. so is it different every time yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah some of those family recipes are though aren't they it's kind of like it's not yeah. actually ever written down it's kind of just evolved over years mm-hmm. cool as long as so, it's got lots of garlic in. that's the key core ingredient favorite place yeah. to go on holiday well it's actually um haven holidays i grew up on haven holidays with my mum mm-hmm. me my mum and my brother um and i've carried on the tradition and we take the girls as well and we love it absolutely oh. love it any particular place or 
as a child, I went to Primrose Valley, which is near Filey. Um, and with the girls, we go to Thornwick Bay. Where else is it? So that's just a bit further along. Um, and there's a, a beach you can go to and it's like a rocky beach and it's got oh. cliffs and caves and oh, it's really, really good. And we, we enjoy going um, to the little entertainment centre as well, where they've got the big animals and... Uh, the first time we went, my youngest did not like them. <laughs> but she likes them now. <laughs> she's, grown, she's grown into it. Yes. Cool. And obviously the swimming. We love yeah. the swimming. Yeah, swimming. I think most children like swimming, don't they? Yeah. It's, I mean, that's one of the big things that's been hard with Ruby when she's had long COVID is that she's not actually had the energy to swim because mm. she swims at like, quite a good club level, so... That's been one of her sort of tough things, but she's back in the pool now, which is good. So. Oh, brilliant. So what's your favourite film? If you can sit and watch a movie, what type of movie and what sort of genre of films is your sort of bag? I like lots of different films. Um, so personally, my most favourite is Dirty Dancing. I've liked mm-hmm. that since I was quite like young. Um, but I'm also into um, sort of like, should you say gangster films? Uh, like, the, the business football oh, okay. factory sort of stuff yeah, like yeah. that so me and my partner watch stuff like that mm. um and the saw films which are a bit gory but wow that's really gory cool, <laughs> yeah yeah football factory is a good film i actually um employed a decorator years ago when i was a kenyans and um for for various reasons to do with how he spent his time when he wasn't painting he was actually invited to sit and advise them on how they filmed um green street Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he was one of the advisors to make sure that it was kept um, kind of like real and true to the story. Yeah. Yeah, and he, um, he was one of those people that definitely got some fascinating stories of things, that, ways that he'd spent his weekends. Okay. His, uh, his <laughs> idea of a coach trip and mine were very, very different. Let's just say <laughs> that. Oh, so, so, so in your role then in... Bearing in mind that this is all remote, everything you do is remote. How do how do you kind of like integrate yourself into the team of the businesses you work with? Because I know when we work together, it's not like you actually work for somebody else. But I'm sure that mm. must be different for for other businesses. So how does it work in other companies? So we we communicate. It depends on the the directors. Some directors prefer just to have an email which is absolutely fine. Most of them are on sites all day and they don't need hassling. Um, so some, some directors, we, we communicate a lot via email. Um, some we have Zoom sessions with. Um, others will we'll talk on the phone. But I, I don't feel like I'm remote. I, I feel like I'm part of a lot of different teams. Um, and, and talking to the clients is one of my sort of favourite parts of the job. I can imagine. I know it's. I quite. I love our conversations. I think they're they're funny. I mean, they nearly always involve a reference to food. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, I I know when we when we looked at sort of going down the road of virtual bookkeeping and virtual virtual accountancy, a number of people sort of said, "Oh, you're mad. Why would you want to engage with a company that are not only not local to you, but but in a different country?" And I was like, "Well, does it really matter?" <laughs> <clears throat> and I did, I'll be honest, I did have some reservations about it. Mm-hmm. But it's why I'm such a big advocate for it now, because they were completely unfounded. And, you know, working with, like, you, with Laura, with Graham, 
like it's no different to like I can just pick the phone up and send you a WhatsApp voice note. It's easier. That's more efficient than me getting up and walking next door to someone in an office and disturbing what they're doing. Yeah. So I actually think it, it's more efficient in in lots of ways. But one of the things that does interest me is how you can take experiences that you've gained working with one client and actually apply those to other businesses because that's potentially extremely powerful, especially for small businesses, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've over the years worked with a variety of industries. So, you know, I've done hairdressers, um, a lot of construction. Um, and I think my experience um, through my years has really helped me with my communication skills and being able to speak to, I speak to anyone, like literally. <laughs> How I can walk into a room of people and speak to anyone, uh, other businesses, and I can use it to help to help the people I'm working with now. But it's interesting you say you haven't always. But I mean, I would I would never guess that you've never never always been that confident, because it's just it just seems like really natural. You just seem like a genuinely sort of confident person. I was very very shy um, growing up. I was I was quite inward lacked a lot of self-confidence and I'll tell you what um tipped me it was I started working as a barmaid and that was the best thing that I could have ever done um I, I was nervous doing it um and I did it and I threw myself into it and you know it it really helped with my confidence just being able to speak to people um and I think that's definitely the the thing that helped me going forward um with my confidence and communication and customer service do you still do bar work now no no oh i don't have time for that richard <laughs> no i can imagine the only reason i say that is because one of the guys that i do do coaching with that's one of the things that he's actually said to me before is about because i used to do bar work and he was like he was really interested in why why i did it mm. and i was like i just used to enjoy it i didn't yeah. i never really thought that deeply about about why I did it and and when we sort of did sort of work through that sort of stuff it was actually because it, it does help you with confidence and I mean I moved I was born in Birmingham when I was well, I was born in Birmingham when I was zero obviously but I moved when I was eight to Bristol um and you know by that time kids have like formed their social groups and stuff so I was like just like a pers- random person on the register I was pretty insignificant and I kind of got bullied quite a lot and then when I moved to school again at 13 to Buckinghamshire my voice was like, everyone massively took the mickey out of me. So when I sort of got a job in a pub at 13, that was kind of how I sort of overcame that. So mm-hmm. it's interesting that you said that that's how you overcame your confidence because that's, yeah, I can really see why that would really quite almost instantly work yeah. because as a person behind the bar, everybody has to talk to you. Yeah. So straight away, it's like you're the, you're the kind of the go-to person. So... How interesting. So how long did you do bar work for? Oh, wow. Um, so I actually started working in pubs when I was 15, obviously not behind the bar. I started as a cleaner on a weekend. And then I stayed at the same pub, uh, waitress, and then moved into the bar. So I think I finished up when I was about 21. Um, Quite a while Yeah, yeah. Um, so I worked at two local pubs um, where I used to live. Um, and, you know, it just it didn't feel like a job. <laughs> it was it was really sociable tiring very tiring but it it, it was brilliant 
and the, the locals because we were, it was a very small market town that we lived in and everybody knew everybody and I, I felt um, comfortable when I was on a night out I felt comfortable just walking in on my own mm. and I'd know somebody there yeah it's, I think it is a great thing for confidence isn't it yeah my only thing I hated was the smell of my clothes when I walked out at the end of the day. And you get the, the sticky spirits all down your arm. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I think Malibu or Pete Snaps is the worst. <laughs> but cool. So what sort of things do you think that you learned working in working in that sort of environment that have actually been really transferable? Because the whole kind of subject of transferable skills fascinates me because people sort of pigeonhole themselves and say, well, I was a fireman for 30 years. What possible, what can I do? Like, that's what's really transferable about that? Nothing. Or, or I was a police officer or, or I, actually I was a solicitor. Eh? What's transferable? And people don't realise that actually a lot of the skills that they develop are really hugely transferable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think, obviously, just general conversation with people. Um, I find some people find it really difficult to talk Um about other things other than what they do. Mm. So just general chit chat and being able to um, get yourself across as well as what your, you know, as well as your job. Um, I think a little bit of authority when you're working behind a bar, you have to be, um, you have to be friendly, but sometimes you have to sort of put your foot down a little mm. bit. Um, so that was, that was another one. Um, and obviously I, I dealt with selling things because when you're working behind a bar, you, you're selling, but you're, hot, you're upselling as well. Yeah. So that was another one. That's interesting you say that because I've spoken to a few people that talked about bar work and no one's ever mentioned upselling. And upselling for me is massive because you've already got a customer. Yeah. So, so if you can sell them a bag of crisps or some pork scratchings as well as a beer, Yep. And, or other other non-alcoholic drinks are available, I should say. Um, <laughs> but but it's you know it's additional revenue, isn't it? So Absolutely. was that something that you were trained in, or did you just kind of naturally just sort of start doing that? Well, yeah, we did get asked to do it, um, and I, at first I did find it quite difficult to do. Um, but then it, it kind of just came naturally. Then once you once you get to know the customer as well mm. and you can have a little friendly conversation, you know, oh, do you want some pork scratchings with that? <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, so it was, um, yeah, it eventually came naturally, but I did find it difficult at first. Yeah, it's not easy always, is it? No. I, 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 didn't, I didn't mind doing it in the pub, but I've had other roles since where I've really found it really tough to actually to, to sort of engage in that kind of like that upsell. Yeah. And it's, it's so obvious when people are trying to do it. It's like, look, you're just trying to upsell me. I don't. Yeah. I came in to buy that product. That's what I want. I don't want all the upsell. So I just don't <laughs> even try. It's, but then other times when you do want stuff, it's like, yeah, you've kind of got me there. So it's that whole kind of like, like sales psychology is really, really fascinating. It's actually, And people spend millions on it, on, that, on the sort of the psychology that sits behind it all and getting people to sort of, creating and pressing the right triggers and stuff to make people actually buy more so yeah it's fascinating that even in a even in a pub it does at that level it's it's huge and I guess you know that, that's adding quite a bit to to the takings because I mean pubs don't necessarily make that much and fair tide they don't make that much money on beer and spirits and stuff 
it's on the crisps and that kind of stuff, then they can make good money. So yeah, it's yeah. it's knowing the customer. If you know your customer and you're trying to sell them something that they do need, mm. then you you're adding value to them. Mm. You're not, you know, you're not trying to just sell them something they don't want. Yeah. If you know what your customer wants, then you can offer it to them. Exactly. Right. Yeah. A bag of salt and vinegar crisps and some salty peanuts every time. <laughs> so, so did you when you were at school did you want to was accountancy something that you wanted to do did you know that from an early age or no no I wanted to be a solicitor did you yeah yeah when I was very young I wanted to be a solicitor I had a few jobs I think you do growing up um and then when I um progressed into secondary school I wanted to go into forensic science oh, and wow. I, followed, I followed the a-level route um you know I picked air levels to suit that um and I actually went to university to start studying it as well did you well wow. did <laughs> yeah um and then I always say everything happens for a reason I um I had a little accident um and I injured my finger and I it was all packed up with big bandages and things and I couldn't work in the lab and that was 50 percent of the course so I oh, was supposed wow. to defer and defer for a year and I got a job and just didn't go back. <laughs> so do you still have a fascination with that, with forensic science now? Or? I find it interesting. Um, I find sort of, I find puzzles and piecing things together and investigating. I find it interesting and that's part <laughs> of my job now. So I was going to say, that is exactly why you love going for digging about yeah going through going through our bookkeeping then yeah yeah it, it's um I find it very interesting piecing everything together and then building the blocks and to create the picture for the for the directors cool so where do you see yourself going in the in the future in terms of your your career I would really like to so I've got the portfolio of clients now and I'd really like to um, you know, build their businesses whilst developing myself. Um, and eventually I'd like to, to sort of do the job, as I say, from start to finish. So I do quite a lot of the job at the moment. Um, but like then Laura and Graham do the higher end. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to be able to get into that end as well. Yeah. And is that, is that just an experience thing or is that a qualification that is needed there? I mean, what's the requirement for both? Yeah, it'll be both. So there's, so there's the qualification um, and then obviously the experience of dealing with it as well. Because um, I always say that you can learn a lot from books and studying, but actually doing it is, uh, yeah. is the key. It's a world of difference. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and I, I mean, I'm a great, but I mean, I never, I, I never went to uni. I didn't get a degree, and for a long time, it really held me back. And I really had huge imposter syndrome about it. Um, and I, and bizarrely, when I got promoted to contracts manager at 26 years old, I actually contemplated dyeing my hair grey <laughs> because I had this real. My imposter syndrome was so real that yeah. I believed that people wouldn't take me seriously. Even though I'd proved that I could do the job, Yeah, I believed that people wouldn't take me seriously because of my age. And I didn't do it, but I actually did buy the stuff. I, that's how close I came to buying it. I bought some just for men, but I bought the grey one. The grey one? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, that's, that's so, crazy. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't go to uni. Mm-hmm. I learned on the job. And I, I had quite a frank conversation with my dad 
um, quite a few years later, because um, he did go the degree route and mm -hmm. he's had quite a successful, a very successful career. And he said he said quite something that was quite a salient point that that if I had have gone to uni, I wouldn't have had the roles I'd had, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't have got the experience at a senior level in businesses that make me who I am. And that's what clients love about the value that I bring. And it's so it's kind of like well, you wouldn't have got any of that if you'd have gone to uni. So don't worry about it. Yeah. And it was only when I did my, so I've done my level seven MBQ in construction management. And when I passed it, the guy rang me up and we were chatting about it. And he was like, because he wanted feedback on the pro, on his business process. Mm -hmm. Part of me agreeing to use them was that I would that I would do that. So we were chatting on this call and it wasn't Zoom, it was just a phone call. And then he, when he said to me, this is like the equivalent of a master's degree that you've just done. I was like, huh? and it, it takes a lot to make me speechless. I can tell you probably nothing. <laughs> But I was absolutely speechless because I'd kind of done this as well as sort of being ops director in a business, leaving their business, setting up stone contracts. And at the same time as all of that was happening, I'd done this, done my MVQ and it was equivalent to this MA. And I was like, bloody hell. I was, I was kind yeah. of a bit sort of like taken aback with it. So, but I am a firm believer that it's, you know, educational qualifications are great but they do not prove. All they prove is you've retained a load of knowledge. They don't prove you can actually do the job. Mm -hmm. They know, you might know how the job yeah. should be done, but no. in the real world, that's not, that's not the be all and end all. So I think the fact that you recognise that it's kind of both, you need to do both in parallel is really important. And I mean, it seems that the, the sort of the company that you're at is the ideal place to really be able to do that and grow because they're, they're growing, aren't they? They're, you know, they're yeah. Yeah. They're amazing um, for for developing the staff. They they're so positive and supportive about it, and they want us to do well. You know, and it, they they really value us. It makes a huge difference. I think it makes a world of difference. You know, you'll do far more for somebody if they value you than just if they pay you well. It's not. It's yeah. not about the way. It's about how you're treated, more so than the wages. People will work for someone for less if they're valued. That's not to say you should underpay people, but if you're yeah. if if you're valued highly and treated really well, you'll do far more for an employer that treats you like that than anybody who just thinks that they can treat you how they want, but maybe pay you a little bit better. It just doesn't work. And you know, it's a people business at the end of the day. Staff need to be happy and they need to be respected. So. It sounds like a really exactly. like you really good match. How long have you been at Empowered by Cloud now? It'll be seven months, just over seven months. Okay, cool. And it's working for you being at home because that's that you must have joined literally in the middle of lockdown. Yeah, yeah. So I was working at home in my previous job because of COVID. Um, but yeah, when um, I joined Empowered by Cloud, knowing it was a fully remote position was beneficial to me I have two young girls um so I generally work between school hours mm -hmm. but knowing that in these the summer holidays seven weeks long um just the 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 knowing that I don't have all the childcare to arrange mm. and fork out for as well because yeah. uh, yeah. mine is they're old enough to entertain themselves but you know to mm. fork out for the childcare it's really expensive so, isn't it gosh yeah yeah when I first went back to work after having the girls, I, I didn't earn anything. It was all just on childcare. 
But it sounds like it was a really good sort of stepping stone for you to get to where you want to now, because now you're flying, aren't you? So I think, yeah, I, I like to think I am. Well, we're certainly happy with what you're doing for us. So if your other clients feel the way we do, then that must be a pretty good position to be in. So where do you see yourself in sort of five years' time, do you think? Wow. Um, oh, gosh, I'll be 40. Oh, no. Um. But that makes me feel even older because I'll be 50. <laughs> Um, I'd like I'd like to see potentially I'd like to have achieved my next qualification because uh, that takes a few years to get. Mm-hmm. What's that so called? Like, uh, so the one that I'm looking into is SEMA. So it's a, a chartered qualification. Oh, chartered Institute Management Accountants. Yeah. Um, so there's a few you can choose from when you're in accountancy. They've got a few, um, but I'm I'm looking at SEMA at the moment. Um, so I'd like to maybe have achieved that by then and, um, you know, be, be helping businesses make decisions and helping them forecast and budget. Um, so that that course will help me do all that along with the experience. And of course, I guess working closely with Laura and Graham, who do that day, day in, day out for people, you'll kind of have the, the first-hand experience of how it's done actually with a customer as opposed to just the kind of classroom stuff, which in if you're doing that, if you're doing that straight out of university, you then have to go off and get that experience, wouldn't you? Exactly. Yeah. So it's 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 on the job learning, which mm. is really really valuable, mm. and to learn from Laura and Graham, the the they're such an example, and they lead, um, and the, the way they talk to people, it's it's um, amazing being in meetings with them. You know, yeah, I, I've been in quite a few meetings with him and I, I I love that. I mean, we have our meetings at like seven, either six o'clock in the morning, five or six o'clock in the morning or like seven or eight o'clock at night. And the thing that I love is that it's, we don't waste hours chatting shit. No. It's like, right, we have like 10, 10 like we're a bit of a check-in. How are we all? How are we all doing? Um, bit of chat for a couple of minutes about where we're at with, with different stuff. And then it's right, bang, straight down to business. And, and if I'm not happy with something, I'll say, listen yeah. you've fucked that up I'm not happy with it or the yeah. service isn't what I think it's going to be and you know we've never really had to have those conversations but equally they challenge me on business stuff and it's really great because it's like we're all equal partners it's not it's not like a master servant relationship where you're providing us a service and therefore you do as I say no it's not like that at all and I think for people who don't have that sort of people that are running so like solopreneurs that are running their own businesses that don't kind of have that sounding board it's really invaluable I mean Graham the 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 kind of the breadth of experience that bloke's got it's actually it's almost impossible that he is only the AGEs I swear he must be made of plasticine (laughs) he'll kill me when he listens to this but (laughs) but it doesn't seem to matter what you do he's at he's been there and done it and he can not only he can not only talk you through doing it but he can give you first-hand experience and real world examples of what what to do but equally what not to do so yeah from your from my perspective as a client that's great but I would imagine from your perspective to have employers like that that must be an absolute mm. gold mine to tap up of uh, what great people to mentor oh exactly yeah they're um I really look up to both of them and I admire the way that they speak to clients they don't they don't speak accountancy jargon no. you know they 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 come 
come to the meetings from a business point of view. You know, they 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 tell the owners what they need to know from a business point of view, and then yeah. you know we keep we keep clients compliant. We have mm. to, but we we inform them on the things that they need to know. And then we, like you say, that we challenge them and say, well, what about if you did this? And, you know, this would happen and we can help you do this. And this is what the future is looking mm. like. And I find it really, really inspirational, the way that they speak with clients. It's something I've never, that's something I've never experienced, that type of meeting. Yeah, I think it's, I've certainly, I mean, I've worked with a few different accountants, SEMA, FCMA, FCIMA accountants, um, like we've had PwC, we've had some big name, big named accountants in in businesses where I've been in senior management position, and I've never seen anyone the way, never experienced the kind of service that we get from from Empowered by Cloud. So no, it's really great. So thank you for coming along and talking to me today. It's been really fascinating, really interesting, and not just about the business, but about you as a person and kind of like your your professional journey. So. Yeah. So what are your girls up to? Because they must be on summer holiday now, aren't they? They are, yeah. They're um so I actually text them just as I was starting to say I'm in my meeting. <laughs> <laughs> they're really good girls, bless them. So they're just we live on um a new build housing estate. So there's actually like a little park just behind where we oh. live. So they're just there, just there, chilling out with the friends, you know. They're teenagers before the time, I tell you. Aren't they all these days? They grow up so fast. I know it's flying by, absolutely flying by. So if people that are listening want to sort of get in touch, where's the best place for, for them to contact you? Me personally, you can find me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, and all my contact details are on there. Um, if they want to contact the company, they can email hello at empoweredbycloud.co.uk. Um, but all the team are on LinkedIn. So if anybody wants to contact any of us, they can just drop us a message um, and we'll be happy to have a chat with them. Oh, brilliant. Right. Well, thank you ever so much, Mel. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Yeah, definitely, Richard. Take care, won't you? Thanks for listening to the On The Block podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To find out more about the work that Richard does, please visit his website, www.stonecontracts.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy his show. Thanks for listening and see you soon on the blog.